the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We continue here in the city of Pittsburgh in our season of lament. Just a little over two weeks ago, 11 11 people were killed at the Tree of Life Synagogue. And it's just been so crushing. It really has been uh, on the entire community. Uh, I know many people still are carrying large, heavy weight with the murder of those innocent 11. And just as that was sort of fading from the news cycle, news of another massacre at a country and western bar in uh, california hit the news and and it struck us again kath and i hard because tim Ulhoff, who's a regular guest on our show that was essentially right in his backyard tim joins us right now tim is um from biola university as i said his newest book is called winsome persuasion christian influence in a post-christian world and tim my friend uh, we offer our sympathies to you how are you how are you today well thank you and likewise to both of you uh, well, it's just devastating, uh, like you were describing what happened in Pittsburgh. Um, and what's so saddening is that this just isn't surprising anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, a colleague of mine shared with me that if you count a mass shooting as three or more victims, then between the time that the massacre happened in Pittsburgh and here in Thousand Oaks, California, 17 mass shootings have happened between those two shootings. Wow. In the United States. And we're just in a season of grief, lament. And as Christians, I think this is an awkward place for us to be uh, because we so believe that God is loving, kind, just, powerful. And yet we we see evidence of a world that's just engulfed in evil. Mm -hmm. And so that's the essence of lament, right? And this is something that maybe... um people don't understand in a Christian context or in a faith context or even in just a citizen context. And um, and I think that's something that we're going to have to learn for us to be like honestly reckoning with God over these issues. So what is lament, Tim? Well, Kathy, lament um, is a time where you reach out to God and voice uh, deep grief at the sorrow, injustice, the pain in the world. Um, and and it's interesting to look at over 50 psalms are what we call lament psalms, where you get the writer expressing everything from deep, deep sorrow. Uh, take a look at Psalm 42, for instance, where the writer says, my tears have been my food day and night. And then you get to Psalm um, 44, and the psalmist actually gets angry at God. The psalmist says, Awake, O Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself, do not reject us. Right? And so it can be everything. It can be sorrow. It can even be, I I think it's healthy at times, to be angry, to say, God, where are you? Uh, And here in California, it's a little bit more complex because now we're having two of the largest wildfires we've ever had before. 
And it's because of the wind. The wind keeps shifting, and it's causing these embers to actually jump freeways. Well, I, I get as a Christian, you say, Lord, come on, you can handle the wind. I mean, can't you shift the wind in a way that's going to help our firefighters? And, and so I think it's okay in a season of lament to both say, God, my heart is just broken for these individuals. But I think it's also okay to say, I don't get it. Right. I just don't understand why you didn't alert uh, the bouncer at the Thousand Oaks uh, Western Bar that there was a gunman walking in. Uh, right. Give him a dream. Give him a vision. Um, uh, let that man have a seizure as he walks through the door. You know, cause a seizure to happen. And so I, we, we can't just hide these questions anymore. We're losing young evangelicals at record numbers because they ask these questions and we just look at them and say, yeah, you really shouldn't ask those kind of questions. And right. we just force them to go underground. And they can't. They right. won't. They refuse well, of course, to. because that's not a normal human response. And it's ridiculous that we're telling them not to ask those questions because the psalmists ask those questions. Right. That's why right. we have the psalms. That's why God has graciously given them to us to show us that people who were wiser than us and more creative than us and more musical than us and were, you know, great kings in, of great countries had the same questions. It's okay to ask them. Yes. Yeah, and notice in Psalm 42, and, and again, your listeners can look these up, but Psalm 42, we get a lesson in self-talk. Uh, psychologists tell us that our self-talk is who we are. It, it makes up everything about us. Some of us have really positive self-talk. Some have negative self-talk. But Psalm 42 is a study in self-talk. He literally says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Uh, my soul is downcast within me. He's literally having a conversation with himself. And I think that's why we need to read the scriptures and be immersed in the scriptures, because Jesus himself gave uh, signs of lament. Remember when he's standing in front of Lazarus and knowing he's going to raise Lazarus. I mean, he knows he's going to do this, but he still laments the reality of death. And I think as Christians... We need to lead by example to a world and not just let these fade away. I mean, psychologists call this compassion fatigue because, you know, it's Pittsburgh and then it's Thousand Oaks. And I bet you we're going to have in the next couple of weeks, there'll be something that will fall next in line. And we just can't forget it would dishonor these victims. So we're going to have to find some way of remembering and bringing it up, even if people's reaction is, oh, really? We're still talking about Pittsburgh? right kind of reaction. We need to say, hey, yeah, we are. We're still in a season of lament. Yes. From Biola University, we're talking with Tim Uhlhoff. So, Tim, uh, the thing is that this generation, right, these kids that are in college with you right now and younger, this is their normal. So they have grown up under the guise of mass murder. And I I can't imagine what it's like to be 18 or 22 years old, although I've got kids that age. And every time they go out and they're in a public gathering, they think, this is it. Here it comes. I mean, it's just how do you even get around that, especially from a Christian perspective where, you know, we're taught not to be afraid? Yeah. And boy, John, <laughs> I'd love to hear your answer to that yeah. one. <laughs> I don't but, have an answer. So here, yeah. So here's what I think we do. I'm going to go in a class and just be really honest. This is the first time my class has met this one uh, advanced class since thousand oaks and we're just going to sit and talk and i have two students who are are their homes have been affected by these wildfires 
And so I think it's good for me as a professor to walk in, close the computer, say, hey, put away your notes. Uh, we're going to take some time. We're going to think. We're going to process. Um, if you have questions, go ahead and ask them. And let's pray um, for our own selves. But, but let's also be biblical. You see, I have a brand new book that just came out on spiritual battle and marriage. But, but we have to be biblical when we talk about these things. John says in 1 John chapter 5, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So, so if we do look at Pittsburgh and Thousand Oaks and even these wildfires to a certain extent through biblical lenses, we're going to see evidence that, that something is happening within the human population that is spurring us towards uh, these evil acts. And, and, and again, we'll fight it every way we can. Certainly mental health is one thing. The man who did the shooting in Thousand Oaks is a veteran. Perhaps uh, uh, he was a Marine. Perhaps he was dealing with post-traumatic stress. So we're not going to just become, hey, this is all a spiritual battle. But conversely, we will not be biblical unless we start to pray against spiritual forces that are spurring on human beings to act the worst of their nature, not the best of their nature. Yeah, I don't know, Tim, if you saw the news story about the um, the National Guardsman from Utah who was killed in Afghanistan a couple weeks ago. Um, he had taken a leave uh, as mayor of his small town, had gone over to do his last tour of duty, and ended up being shot uh, by someone that he was training. And it was just an incredibly sad story, left his, his wife and seven children behind. But... Um, when his coffin was received here back to the United States, um, an Afghani who he worked with sent a letter to his wife to mm. explain who her husband was um, at work and what his experience as an Afghani working for this man, an American, was like and how absolutely transformational this man's life had been um, on this Afghani man and how it had caused him to question how he had treated his wife or how he thought about women and how committed he was to his children. It was just an absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful letter. But the thing about it that really gave me pause is he said to this woman who had lost her husband, your husband was killed by an evil man. And I thought to myself, that is so un-American. You can't say that here, right? You don't talk evil. Right, right. But the Afghani didn't say, well, this guy had this problem and he had this issue and so we're concerned about it. He just said, look, he was, your, your husband was shot by an evil man. And I thought, we're missing something if we don't ever – I'm not saying we don't talk about mental health. I'm not saying we don't talk about guns. I'm not saying we don't talk about any of those things. But America has become so secularized that saying that the person that, that shot those people in Thousand Oaks, California, we're not allowed to say anymore, look – that was an evil man. Yeah, I, I, I think we've lost the ability to do that. We, we, lost, we have lost clarity in our relativism. And now I think it's coming to roost in some ways. We can't jettison absolute truth. And we can't jettison um, right and wrong with capital letters and then um, try to understand the evil that's happening to us. I do think... We need to pause and look evil in the face and call it for what it is. You know, when I wrote a book, I wrote, this was years ago, the first book I wrote, we actually included an Oz Guinness quote that we got a little bit of pushback from the publisher because he said, Oz Guinness, he said, when a non-Christian says about evil, God damn it to hell, he's actually being very biblical and that's actually a prayer. Mm. 
Well, my publisher came back and said, wow, we're just kind of uncomfortable with you using that. And I said, hey, it's an Oz Guinness quote, and I think he nailed it on the head. There's just times we have to look at what's happening in the world and with full biblical conviction say, God is going to judge this eventually, and this is evil. Remember, um, help me out, Kathy, who's the woman who just retired being the U.S. ambassador? Nikki Haley. Yeah, remember what she said? I thought this was brilliant. She said, listen, let's stop calling Democrats evil and let's stop calling Republicans evil because I've seen evil. I've seen it in the world today. And let's not minimize evil uh, by calling Democrats and Republicans evil because there is evil out there and we need to be aware of it and we need to name it and fight against it. So let's not be trivial on how we use that word. So that word, I think, is an important word to use in certain situations to say, this is evil. And it's not just humans becoming evil. I think there's a spiritual force that is that is prompting humans yes. to do this, that is causing them. And we need to be, and I guess we're leery to say that because we're embarrassed, I think, at the end of the day. But that is 25% of everything Jesus said had to do with spiritual battle. Hmm. Tim Muehlhoff is with us from Biola University. His newest work is called Defending Your Marriage, The Reality of Spiritual Battle. We're talking about uh, the shooting last week in Thousand Oaks and, of course, the wildfires as well. I mean, Tim, I I don't know how people, you know, when you look at people in Haiti or places that are just, you know, it's one wave after another of despair and uh, angst and tragedy that befalls upon them. In many ways, this is what's happening right now in your neighborhood, right, where there's a mass shooting and then how many people have died because of the wildfires. How do you even... How do you align yourself to say, Lord, uh, I'll pray. I need to pray. I've got to praise you, Lord, first and foremost, for the great gift of, of, of all that you are in my life. But I, you also got to know, Lord, I don't understand, and I'm angry about this, and I'm sad about this, and I'm overwhelmed, and I don't want to pray, but I'm going to be here anyway. I mean, I think a lot of people probably are in that situation right now. Well, let me brag on my university just for a second. Uh, I'm in charge of this group that we we, uh, facilitate faculty conversations. We did one on politics. We had a progressive and a conservative talk about politics. We just had one on social justice. And we just picked our new topic uh, that's going to happen in February. It's called, Where Was God in 2018? Mm. And all we're going to do is show images. I mean, imagine... John and Kathy, all the images we could show up on the screen in just the last right. year. I know. Na- natural as well as yep. mass shootings. And, right. Oh, it'd be, it's heartbreaking. Right. And, so you, then, and, you put the Kavan- okay. and you put the Kavanaugh thing in the middle, not because yeah. it's, a, it's a catastrophe that people lost their lives, but it was a catastrophe of public conversation. Yes, and I'd put the hashtag MeToo movement that right. uncovered abuse that's been happening to women. Oh, my goodness. For yeah. Years. So we're going to pull together five faculty, uh, two theologians, one who believes God is completely sovereign and one who believes that God allows evil to happen. We're going to pull in a psychologist. We're going to pull in somebody from our ICS department because suffering just doesn't happen in the United States. It happens in the world. And we're going to let these five faculty in front of students. They're going to answer questions, and they're just going to say, okay, this is how I process it. I don't even know if I can back this up biblically, but this is how I get through the day as a Christian Mm -hmm. who wants to believe I have a Heavenly Father who loves us. So I I think what the kids need to see, as I'm talking to your listeners, they need to see that mom and dad, one— are maintaining their faith, even in light of really hard times. And second, they're not afraid to talk about it, Mm -hmm. even if it means you look at your kids and you say, 
I'll be honest with you. I don't have any idea. I don't have a clue. I just don't know. But let's pray together. Yeah. Let's wrestle together with God. Let's not abandon God. But I think if kids know that the parents are aware of it, dealing with it, and modeling what lament looks like, I think the kids, I think our students are going to take the cues, hey, my parents aren't oblivious to this. They're not giving me this Pollyanna-ish answer. They're wrestling, and I'm okay because I'm wrestling as well. I think that kind of thing is a place to start the conversation. That's good, Tim. You know, um, I was over at somebody's house the other day, and they were talking about um, this this series on Netflix called um, Mr. Robot. Did you know this series mm-hmm. at all? So, uh, you know, I've heard of it. I've not watched it. So, it, so he showed me a few minutes of it, and the premise is that there is a company called Evil Core, which is sort of like this gigantic tech company that employs the large percentage of the population, and everybody knows ev- what Evil Core is. I mean, and so all these kids now, you know, I'm stepping off off that platform, but maybe we're doing a disservice because maybe these 18 to 26 year olds are already engaged in the idea of what evil's all about. They're seeing it from a secular perspective, but they're not getting the Christian worldview of that there is evil that will be defeated by Jesus Christ. Maybe we're, you know, just living in such a, a, a dark dystopian world right now that people need to hear this. I'm not, I'm not saying maybe they, of course they do. They need to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ and t- to allow that lament within the midst of evil, but to sort of skip by the secular perspective to glorify evil. Yeah, I like that, John. Let's tell them the end of the story. Let's share what Revelation Mm -hmm, says, that Satan absolutely is going to be banished. He's absolutely going to be reeled in by God. But... In the meantime, he is a roaring lion. He, you know, in World War II, it was fascinating. The Germans knew they were going to lose. They, they, they saw it coming. Berlin's going to be invaded. But one of the fiercest battles we had was the Battle of the Bulge, mm-hmm. where, where Germans just desperately fought back, even though they knew it wasn't going to work. So Satan is going to be vicious as he's going down. So let's share with um, students, our loved ones, hey, Satan will be ultimately defeated, Mm -hmm. but we're in a battle right Right. now, and this is a real battle, and one of Satan's greatest tools is we're afraid to talk about it. I use this analogy in the book. Imagine you and John have been training for a marathon for an entire year, bought the right shoes, ate the right food, you have a trainer, and just as you guys are about to start the race, your trainer runs up to you and says, hey, we didn't want to freak you out, but actually, as you run these next 26 miles, there are people who are going to try to trip you up, discourage you, sabotage you, but hey, go get them, have an awesome race. (laughs) You'd be like, wait a minute, what? what? Can you explain that? Thanks for that. Well, I just didn't want to freak you out, so I didn't want to tell you about it. But there really are people? Yeah, I'm sorry. There really are. That's what we've done in the West is we've said, man, we just don't want to wig out the kids and we don't want to seem like we're anti-intellectual. And I think at the same time, Paul is turning over in his grave saying, did you not read Ephesians? Mm -hmm. Right after I talk about marriage, I go right into the armor of God. And so my book, while it focuses on marriage, let me just say to the listeners, the principles of the book, how do you tell if these are satanic thoughts? How do you tell if the demonic is at work or is this just an argument with a roommate, coworker, or a spouse? The principles, I think, can be applied to anything. I just chose to apply it directly to marriage, but I really think the middle part of the book can be applied to anything. It's kind of unmasking the strategies of Satan. Very good. Well, Tim, I... I'm sorry that you're struggling in the same way that we are here. Yes. And so our prayers for your community, for your students. Peace be with you. For everyone who's lost someone and for all who are afraid. 
Well, we brought some rabbis, some local rabbis on campus in response to Pittsburgh, and, and uh, we had a prayer time with them on campus, uh, which I think was a good first step. And so just know you guys aren't alone, that we're aware of it, and we're praying for you, and we thank you with these these fires are devastating, and it's just it's proving to be very difficult to reel them in. And so a lot of our students have been impacted, and... Um, so we just appreciate your prayers with these these wildfires are devastating. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. That's all we got. Our best to you. We have hope in Jesus Christ. Yep. Tim Muehlhoff, brand new work, Defending Your Marriage, The Reality of Spiritual Battle. Tim Muehlhoff from Biola. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.